The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, July 2nd, 2023, on the basis of 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 8. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Growing up, I was always in awe of high school sports stars, especially the ones that played football. I'll never forget standing besides, beside the field on a Friday night playing two-hand touch and watching the team run out onto the field and thinking, man, I just, that's all I want in life. I cannot wait to be a high school football player. I wanted to know what was going on in the locker room. I wanted to know what they did for practice. I wanted to know what they said in the huddle before they ran out on the field and played the game. And eventually that day finally came when I was able to do all those things. But when I got there, I realized that really it wasn't the players at all that made any of the magic happen. No, who made the magic happen? It was the coaches. The coaches are the ones that came up with the game plan. They're the ones that ran practice, that ran conditioning. They knew the strengths and weaknesses of every player. They watched film for hours, had us prepared for every and any situation that came up in a game. Of course, I did not appreciate this as a player. I thought that the game was all about us, that the team was made up of the players, and the coaches really didn't do all that much. And of course, as I've gone through college, as I've grown older, I've come to realize that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes for a coach. I've come to realize that really who I should have been in awe of the whole time is the coach and not the player. Because when you know what's happening behind the scenes, you gain a greater appreciation for not only coaches, but all who love and care for you. And a look behind the scenes is exactly what we are going to see today. Like a coach, pastors aren't always going to say what you want to hear, but as we look behind the scenes, we're going to see that they say what we need to hear out of care for you. The past couple of weeks, we've been focusing on this worship series titled Livestream, and we're coming to an end, near the end of that series. And throughout the series, we've seen how God provides us with his grace through his word and sacraments. In the last two weeks, we've looked at how God has equipped his ministers with those pipelines of grace, those words and sacraments to bring them to his people. And today, we specifically look in 2 Timothy, an exchange, a conversation that is had specifically from Paul, one minister, to Timothy, another minister. We look at the instructions that Paul has for Timothy. We look at how, what he tells him to do and the expectations that he is to have. And he says it's not going to be easy. Like a coach, they have a lot on their plate. They have a lot to prepare for. They might not always say what you want to hear, but like a coach, a pastor, just wants what's best for you. They want to see you victorious in the end. Looking behind the scenes today in 2 Timothy, we hear that conversation that takes place uh, from Paul to Timothy. We hear the words that Paul has for Timothy as Paul nears the end of his life. This is the last recorded letter that we have from Paul. And while Paul and Timothy might have met up one final time, this essentially acts as a farewell letter for Timothy. And as any farewell 
as in any farewell letter you might expect, there is a lot of love and encouragement scattered throughout the entire letter for Timothy. But at the basis of the letter, as you read through it, you quickly see that what's really at the heart of the letter is the job that is at hand. The ministry that Timothy is to go and perform. Paul gives Timothy a set of instructions. He coaches him. And and what better person to be coached by than Paul? Paul wrote nearly half of the New Testament, and he had a great relationship with Timothy. Paul would have been like a father figure for Timothy, and Timothy, as Paul describes himself, was like a son to him. And so, through this coaching, through this great relationship that Timothy and Paul had for one another, Paul wanted to make sure that Timothy was prepared for what he faced, and he told him exactly what to do and what he could expect from his opponents. And as we look at these opponents, as Paul describes them to Timothy, we see that this is not going to be an easy task for Timothy. No, Paul tells him exactly what it's going to be like. He says that the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Paul wanted Timothy to know that not everyone, in fact, most people were not going to like what he had to say. Is that surprising to anyone? Do you think that's true? Now, relatively speaking, I don't have very much experience when it comes to the ministry, but I'll invite you behind the scenes of what we're prepared for as we study to be pastors over at the seminary, and being prepared for pushback and having people not agree with what you're saying is near the top of the list. We know that people are not going to agree with what we say, and maybe you think that all that pushback and all that disagreement, not agreeing with what the Bible has to say and what pastors have to say, all comes from the outside world. And for the most part, you would be right. But is that true of you and me as well? Listen again to what Paul has to say to Timothy. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. They'll turn away. That implies that at one point they returned towards the truth and held on firmly to it. I mentioned earlier how I didn't really appreciate my coaches and everything that went in behind the scenes. And in fact, I would get very angry whenever they told me I was doing something wrong, made me run sprints, or told me a philosophy or a game plan that just did not line up with what I thought we should do. And while pastor doesn't make us run sprints unless there's some sort of program here that I am unaware of. We tend to have the same reaction when we hear something that we don't want to hear, either from pastor, myself, from Sunday school teachers, or from the Word. We get a little angry when it doesn't line up with what our sinful hearts desire. Now, there are probably more times than not that we do wish that was the case, that pastor and I would just stand up here and tell you exactly what you want to hear so that you can go and live your life exactly as you please. Hey, if pastor says it's okay, then it must be okay. But as you know, that's not what we do. We don't stand up here to tell you exactly what you want to hear. We tell you exactly what the Word says. 
It would have made our jobs a lot more easier if I could just stand up here and say what I thought, looking at the culture around me, knowing what everybody here enjoys to do. Go ahead and do it. Have a good time. But that's not what Paul tells Timothy, and that's not what Paul tells us. He tells Timothy uh, exactly what to do. He gives him a serious task, and you can sense how serious it is when he says it. He basically holds Timothy under an oath when he tells him, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. That word preach, maybe you can guess what it reminds us of, but I'm guessing that you can't because we don't have them anymore today. In the Greek, that word preach, kerixate, it, it's derived from the word for herald. Now, we don't have heralds today that go out on the street, uh, maybe like Paul Revere, the British are coming, or stand on a street corner and proclaim the news because most of the population is illiterate. Thankfully, most of us can read today. But that's exactly what Paul tells Timothy to do. Like a herald who doesn't preach their own philosophy or what they think about the world, a herald will proclaim the news, exactly what they're told to say, not what they think they should say, but what they're given. So when we hear that word preach from Paul, when he tells Timothy to do just that, that's the picture that comes to mind. A person that doesn't say what they think or what the people want to hear, but a person who repeats a message. And here it is the message of what God has done for them and what that means for them as they continue to live and be a part of this winning team, this winning body, this body of believers, as they hear about the victory that is already won for them. But Paul makes it clear that it's not going to be easy. As long as we're on this earth, we're always going to be struggling with our sinful hearts. We're always going to be doing what our hearts desires. We're going to be fighting against our sinful flesh, and it's not an easy task, especially when you're surrounded by a world and a culture that is all about self and pleasure and says, do what you want to do. Live and be your full, authentic self. Don't let anybody stop you from doing what you want. Do whatever brings you pleasure. That's the purpose of life. Sleep with who you want to sleep with. Eat as much as you want to eat. Drink as much as you want to drink. Spend all the money that you want to spend. As long as it makes you happy, as long as you're following your heart, that's what matters. That's the purpose of life, and that's what we should be listening to. When that's all that's around us, people that affirm what our sinful hearts desire, it makes what a pastor has to say a lot harder to get across. It makes it not only the pastor's job harder or Sunday school teacher's jobs harder, anybody that wants to share the word with you, it makes the job harder, but we also see how it makes the job that much more important. How much more that word needs to be spread. Not a word of what we think or what we believe, what our sinful hearts desire, but a word that tells us what God has done for us and what he wants us to do so that we can stay on that winning team and gain that crown of righteousness. And like I mentioned Paul tells Timothy that what he has to say is not going to line up with what the world has to say, that people aren't going to like uh, what the word is and the message that it, that it has for them. 
But Paul also tells Timothy that you don't need to go around poking at people's work, poking, poking people's buttons or, say, or trying to hit people where it really hurts. You don't need to go around beating them over the head with a Bible. No, Paul tells Timothy exactly how he should go around and profess this word, how he should go and correct and rebuke. And it's not only correcting and rebuking that Paul tells Timothy to do, he says, encourage. And it's going to take all the patience that you have. But be patient. Encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Be prepared to do so. Whether the times are good and nobody's pushing against you or the times are bad and nobody seems to agree with what you're saying, be prepared. And how does Timothy prepare himself? He dives into the very word that is the basis of his message. He doesn't turn to himself. He turns to the word and what it has to say for him and his people. And that's exactly what I hope you see from pastor, myself, our Sunday school teachers as well. Not people that come and beat you over the head with a Bible or poke at your every last nerve, but people that when they do correct and rebuke you and me, that it comes from a place of love and care. Our goal is not to body slam you with the truth or, get, or anything else or make you feel hurt, but our, our goal is to point you to the prize. The prize that Paul talks about that he was about to win, to point to the prize, the crown of righteousness that Jesus had won for us. We hear about that crown in the basis of our faith. We hear about that crown in the basis of Timothy's message that he was just repeating. We hear about that crown in the word. The word that Paul used, the word that Timothy used, the word that our Sunday school teachers use, the word that pastor uses, the word that I use. The word is the basis. The word is what got Paul through his ministry, and it's exactly what Paul says needs to be the basis of Timothy's ministry. He says the word will get you through. That's why he makes it such a big priority. Paul knew that this would be no small task and that all the work that Timothy would do, he would receive a lot of persecution and hardship, but he, he makes it clear that doing so was all going to be worth it. As I mentioned before, Paul and Timothy had a great relationship. And Paul isn't just telling Timothy what to do and not following through with his own advice, his own encouragement. No, he's doing exactly what he tells Timothy to do. He uses that relationship that Timothy and him have, and he encourages him with the word. Timothy knew everything that Paul had gone through. He knew the beatings he had taken. He knew the drama he had to squash, the arguments he had to stop and the false teachings that he had to rebuke, and he knew that this same persecution, this same hardship was in store for him. And Paul, Paul doesn't ignore that. So how does Paul encourage him? He says, look beyond that, Timothy. Paul points to himself, not to boost his own ego or anything like that, but to encourage Timothy. He says, Timothy, I have done all of this, and it is all worth it. I have fought the good fight. I have ran the race. I have kept the faith. And what is in store for me now is the crown of righteousness that was won for me. It's the crown of righteousness that was won for you. 
all the hardship, all the persecution, all the times that people don't agree with what you're going to say, it's worth it. That's why the word is important. It keeps your own eyes on the prize ahead and it keeps your people's eyes on the prize ahead, that crown of righteousness. And so as, as we take a look behind the scenes today, we see that Paul and Timothy were not ignorant of what they were getting into. They knew exactly what was going to happen. But they went to go do it anyways because of what that word meant for them and especially what that word means for the people that they were going to preach it to. Even though that word meant suffering and persecution, we see in that word a savior. We see how that crown of righteousness was won. We see a savior who suffered persecution and hardship, who suffered death for us. Jesus knew the game plan going in. And he went through with it anyway. Out of love for us, he followed through with that game plan and won the victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil so that we could have that crown of righteousness so that when we hear the things that we don't want to hear, we know that it comes from a heart of love and that that's all that our pastors, that's all that the people that love and care for us want for us. They want us to have that crown, that crown that was won for us by Jesus. Talking about the game plan that Jesus followed through with, we're going to change the imagery back to a coach. Now, one of the hardest parts of a coach's job is coming up with that game plan, knowing exactly what the opposition is going to do, knowing how to encourage and instruct his players, having to deal with fans who don't agree with all the decisions that he makes. And in a lot of ways, a pastor is, has to deal with a lot of the same things. They have to know what's going on with the world around them. They have to be able to instruct and encourage their people. They have to deal with the times that people don't agree with what they have to say. But there, is, there are a couple big differences. A coach will use his own philosophy and the ideas of everything around him in order that, in order that his team wins the game. But a pastor uses only one philosophy. He turns to only one truth, and, and it's for the victory of more than just a simple game. It's to win the crown of righteousness that was won for me and you by Jesus. It's that crown that matters so much to a coach because it matters, that matters so much for a pastor because it matters so much for you. Like a coach does all these things, when you look behind the scenes, you might not agree with what he's doing, but when you look behind the scenes, you see how much he cares for his players. When you look behind the scenes of the people that give you the words that sometimes we don't want to hear, we see that it is all worth it because that word points to a Savior who did everything for us. That word points to our Savior who followed through with that game plan to live and die for you. That Savior, Jesus, who won the crown, who won eternity for you. Amen.